0: How's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the Xavier Barrett podcast. I want to apologize that it's been so long since I've uploaded a podcast episode. I've been busy with a lot you guys. Some of you guys know I'm a station manager at the airport. So we've been having a lot of changes that we had to deal with. After COVID hit, the airport just took a big hit. So I had a lot of things I had to do. My company... Updated something, so I had to go through every employee and just redo a bunch of stuff. Then my son just started playing football. I've been going to his games on the weekends, which is when I would usually record a podcast. And I had to do some stuff at home as well. So just been a lot going on. Sorry about that. Today's episode is going to be about uh, the venomousine business. I also put a course together that you know, breaks down how to get into the business and how to be successful. I have videos. I have information. It's really a detailed course. You guys can go to my link to look for that. But, yeah, I've been busy, man. Let me, before I get into this scene business, just let me tell you a few more things that's been going on. So I live in a townhome community, a gated community, and I stay in South Florida a few weeks ago. It was raining pretty hard like that whole week. And in my spare room, which is where, you know, I do my podcast and everything. I don't come in here every day. And it just so happened that I came in maybe two weeks ago. And I just happened to look up and I have water spots in my, you know, when it's raining a lot and, you know, start to leak through the roof or the ceiling and you see the water spots. I, I saw a couple water spots. I'm like, what in the world? It I don't know how long that was there, but it had to be after that week of not but hard raining. So, I notified my landlord. Uh, we pay, in this neighborhood, you have to pay HOA fees. So, the roof, I don't have to pay for that. The community um, manager, believe that's what she's called, she's supposed to send somebody to redo the roof and take care of that. So, I notified my landlord. She notified um, the community manager so maybe a week ago they sent somebody to my house to look inside and then he went up in the attic and he went up in the attic and he looked at everything and then he told me that he's going to send a proposal to the community manager that once they get that part taken care of, he'll be back to um, fix the roof and everything. So I'm like, okay, cool. So it was days going by. And I didn't see anybody stop by the house. I don't see any trucks. I don't see any ladders. Nothing like that. So I'm thinking, okay, what's taking so long? So my landlord, it started raining again. My landlord told me to take pictures and just keep her updated on what it's looking like. And there was no water coming through or anything. It was fine. It just the fact that okay, I got water spots in my ceiling now. I don't even know if you're supposed to call them water spots. I don't know the technical turf for technical term for them. But anyway, um, she came by. And she ended up uh, spraying something up there, like inside the room. So I had to open the windows and everything for a while. But I'm still waiting for them to come do the roof. I'm not not sure when they're going to do that part. But second situation that's going on is that inside my neighborhood, everybody has their own parking spot that goes directly to your townhome number. And then there's guest spots everywhere. So just like in almost every apartment neighborhood or townhome neighborhood, you have your own parking spot and then you have, you know, guest parking spots. So just about everybody in my neighborhood have two or three cars. So people will park in a parking spot and then their wife or whoever else is living there will park in a guest spot. Unless you have a garage. Some townhomes in this neighborhood have a garage, some don't. I don't have a garage. So right in front of my townhome, I have my parking spot that's for me. And then there's guest spots everywhere. So anyway, I have two cars that I use, right? <laughs> so sometimes I park one car in the in my parking spot or I'll park in the guest spot and then the other car will park in my actual parking spot. But anyway, nobody here really knows how many cars each resident has. Now you may become familiar with who drives this red G because they always park there or whatever. But other than that, nobody really knows, you know, who owns what cars exactly. So anyway, um, I usually park in the guest bar across from my townhome. And when I mean across, it's only like seven feet across from my townhome. The way it's set up. Like, I wish I can show you guys a picture, but it's a podcast. But anyway, um, my personal parking spot is right in front of my townhome door. And then right across the street, like literally seven feet, there's a guest spot. It's like three guest spots right there. So I would usually park my Jeep over there in the second car will park in my guest spot. So what happened recently? Um, I think it was last week. I came home with a note on my door. It was a sticky note. And I don't know who wrote it. I don't know where it came from. But they said, please park in front of your townhome door. Uh, Park in your parking spot and not the guest spot. Something like that. The note basically says I need to park in my spot and not the guest spot. So I'm thinking, who the heck wrote this? I'm like, who? I'm like, what the everybody in the neighborhood that lives here. Park in their own spot and in the guest spot. Could they have two cars, two or three cars? So I'm thinking, who would write some BS like this? And I'm thinking, it had to be, well, I'm just assuming it might be these new people that moved across the street from me. And I'm thinking, let me me just set a camera up to find out, you know, who's doing this. So I got a camera set up right now. Nobody has came up to my door since then, but I'm just waiting to find out. (laughs) <laughs> who it is? Cause I don't like that. You, you don't leave a name. You don't leave an apartment. I'm like, you don't know nothing. So how you gonna How you know? Like I don't know, man. It just I have two cars that I'm using. They may I I believe whoever put it there, they just see me in my white Jeep often, so they feel like that's the only car I drive. You know, but I'm just thinking, come on, man. You don't put. You didn't put this note on nobody else's door but mine. You know, everybody here parks in their own spot and then they park in the guest spot, and that's exactly what I do too. But I'm guessing maybe the guest spot the guest spot that I park in, I'm guessing the people across the street, they may have somebody that want to park there or they want to park their car. I don't know. But I'm thinking it's a guest spot. Anybody can park here. We don't have. There's no number on that spot. It's a guest spot. So you don't get to determine who parks there. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to move past that and go into this vending machine one on one business. Uh, it's not going to be a long podcast. It's just going to be something helpful. You guys know this podcast is about business, life, and prosperity. This is going to tie into the business and prosperity portion. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Discipline Financial. Discipline Financial is a credit repair business plus more. We're going to give you more information on that um, Thursday, I believe, or Friday. I'm actually going to have the owner come on the podcast and help you guys out and give you some tips. And give you information on how you can repair your credit. Credit is, you know, pretty much your financial report card. As many as you guys know, credit is important. Some people feel like you don't need to keep up with their credit, but you really do. I wish I would have kept up with my credit coming out of college, but I did not. (laughs) So, just like everybody... I'm pretty sure everybody's credit has been through ups and downs, you know, so when it comes to your credit, you just got to become disciplined, really stick to it. But anyway, we will have more information on that on a later episode, I promise don't forget about that. But anyway, let's get into this vending machine business one-on-one. So, for the people that follow me and look at my posts or look at my YouTube channel, Um, lately I've been... Doing some Venomousine business. So I've been picking up some machines, some used machines and putting them in locations that I feel like would be really profitable for me. And it's been a fun experience. It really has. And I feel like this is just an extra side income that anybody can start. If you just have the willpower, anybody can do it because it's not a complicated business. You don't need a degree. like It's just simple. You purchase a used vending machine from somebody, you find a location to put it in, you know. So I'm just going to break that down. I feel like it never hurts to have multiple incomes, and this is just something you can do on the side. It's not something that you have to do every day, you know. This is something that can make extra money on the side. You can use it to pay certain bills, to invest, give to your kids. My son came here a couple weekends ago after a football game. He stayed with me for the weekend. And I took him to one of my vending machines and I showed him how I worked the machine. He went with me to the store. We went to pick up uh, food and drinks. I'm, I'm sorry, snacks and drinks. He enjoyed the experience. I showed him how I worked and everything and I let him keep some money out of the vending machine. That was a fun process for me. I never thought I would end up owning my own vending machine. This is just... A habit that i learned studied and picked up and i was able to apply myself and get it done you know so i feel like if i can help somebody else do the same thing then why not you know i'm not a i'm not a stingy person i'm not the type of person that that would find something that works for me and not tell anybody about it you know I, I feel like we all gotta push forward and you know help one another so anyway how i got started is i study a couple of people who already in the vending machine business um i didn't really take a course i just read some information online about how to get started i follow this guy on i'm sorry let me find out what his instagram page is uh his instagram page is called the vending biz so it's the underscore vending underscore biz b-i-z-z and this is a guy who i believe he's out in philly um I think his name is Kashif Edwards. I think I'm saying that wrong. But I saw him on the episode of um, uh, Earn Your Leisure, which you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys may know that is a really popular podcast of guys that are showing people how to, you know, get out there, how to prosper, how to put yourself in a position to be successful. So I was already following this guy before he went on that podcast. But when he went on that podcast, I was actually able to get more details as to how he do um, what, what he does. So this guy has a machine business in Philadelphia, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But he has a lot of Venomousines, and I believe that take care of all his bills and everything right now. I I'm not sure how many he has, but he's really successful in that business, and he's been able to make a pretty good life for himself, you know? And he offers some... Uh, location services, some email and call scripts, a mastermind class. If you go to his page and click on uh, the link on his Instagram page, you'll see everything that he offers. And he also gives good advice, you know. So he kind of influenced me. Well, he really did influence me to get into the Venomous Scene business. And it was really simple. So I'm just going to pass the information on to y'all. So basically, when I decided to get into the Venomous Scene business, I found a name, decided to call it Grub Vending, and I incorporated. I'm down in Florida, so I believe I paid 200 and something. I'm not exactly sure, but there was something simple to do. And just to remind y'all, this is before COVID hit. So, you know, I'm working my main job, being a station manager at the airport, and then on the side, I'm getting this vending machine business, business together. And it really didn't take a lot, so... Decided to call my vending machine business Grub Vending LLC. I incorporated as an LLC. Got my papers. So the business is incorporated. I went to Chase Bank to open up a business bank account. Open up a business bank account with Chase. Got my Chase cards. I'm ready. So now it's time to go hunting. So it's that simple. I go out looking for different uh, buildings and locations or where I could possibly put a vending machine. And it just so happened down the street from my town home there's a business community park so it's like four or five different buildings that's under one um landlord company so i'm trying to think of an example just imagine you know stores that are connected to one building you know and then there may be a company that owns that lot and that that built those buildings with different stores so it's kind of like You'll see a Target connected to, I don't know, a five guys connected to another store. And then let's say freaking, I don't know, smelt investments on that whole property. They built the building and they're renting out the space. So that's basically what it was down the street from my home. But the five buildings are all separate though. So I was passing them one night and... The office just was closed, but I was thinking, I don't know if they got a vending machine in there or not, but these are five buildings right here. Let me just shoot an email and find out. Um, The name of the park was Green Office Park. They had an email up there. So I simply sent the email to Green Office Park. I notified them who I was, what my business was, and I told them that if you guys need a vending machine in your buildings, I would be happy to put one in there free of charge, you know. I put one in there free of charge, I come look at the kitchen, see how big it is, find out the best machine to put in there. And this is just something that would be beneficial to you guys because you guys built these different offices to host multiple businesses. So if you have a vendor machine in the kitchen, it's only going to help the businesses there. So they reached back out to me, told me they was interested. They told me I could come by, uh, measure the kitchens and everything. We'll go from there. So we set up a date. I went there. Got a, took a measuring tape with me, measured the, all the kitchens and I realized, okay, the best machine for me to put in here is a combo machine. A combo machine is a machine that sells snacks and drinks because their kitchens were not that big enough for me to put a soda machine and a snack machine in there. So now that I got that, I realized, okay, this is a great way to start off. I got five buildings right here that I could put a vending machine into. So now it's time to find a machine. So, from what I've learned, it's best to buy a used vending machine. But if you have the money to buy a brand new spanking machine, then you can go ahead and do that. That's going to cost you a few thousand. You know, with me, I was like, okay, I just need a good, solid machine that's clean, that's working, and I'm good. So, I go looking online. You got OfferUp. You got Five Miles. You got Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist. You guys know the usual. So, I meet a guy. uh, His name was Gustavo on Facebook Marketplace. He had a combo machine that he was selling. And, oh, wait, let me, hold on, let me back up. Before I start looking for a vendor machine, um, once we agreed with the office part that I can install a machine, then COVID hit. So everything got shut down. So I go two to three months not being able to do anything because they closed the office part for a while. So now I'm just sitting here waiting like, dang, man. And then at the airport, you know, I have, Uh, lower flights coming in. So it was like a big effect on everybody. I had to, you know, make adjustments with my operations there. And as you guys know, when COVID hit, it it just hit everybody hard. It's still going on now. It's just not hitting as hard as it was before. But like I said, I hope everybody's staying safe in the whole nine. So while I'm waiting for this COVID mess to finally be over with, um, I'm just saving up money. I'm still looking up different locations and things like that. I'm still studying, making sure that um, I have things together. So COVID starts to, well, COVID doesn't start to die down, but businesses and office parts starts to open back up. So once the office part opened back up, got back in contact with uh, the people that run the office park, and they told me that whenever I'm ready, I can start installing my machines. So, I'm thinking, okay, that's good. So, I'm back on the market looking for a used vending machine, and then that's when I find this guy named Gustavo who's selling a combo machine, and I'm thinking, yes, this is perfect. His combo machine was maybe only six miles away from the office park, and the place he had it at was, I believe, a mattress firm business center who... Um, they was closed down because of COVID, and he wanted to go ahead and get the machine out of there. So the good thing is we met. Um, how much did it cost? It cost like a thousand and something. It only cost like a thousand and some change, but I needed him to actually transport the machine for me. So I paid. I paid more. Like I paid an additional, I believe, two hundred or so because I didn't have my own um, transportation. I didn't have my own means of transporting the machine. So we met there. He took me inside. uh, Before I even uh, got there, like two days before, I looked up what things to look for whenever you're checking out a used venom machine, which I advise you guys to do. Whatever machine you're going to purchase, go ahead and look up the manual, find out how to check certain things, find out how to make sure everything worked. So I already knew what I needed to look for before I got there. So when I got there, before we got there, I asked him to make sure the machine was plugged up so I can make sure everything worked. So if you guys are ever going to purchase a used vending machine, ready to it, snack our soda machine, make sure that owner has it plugged up so you can know how it works. Don't buy a machine that's not plugged up and you haven't been able to test it out. So I tested it out, tested everything. Got everything was perfectly fine. The machine is clean. The machine was only like a year old, a year and some months old since he purchased it. So it was in really good condition, so I kind of got lucky on my first vending machine, so it worked out, He we got it out of there, he put it on um, his pickup bed, we drove to the location, and we installed it, and I was so happy, that experience was so amazing, once we installed it, uh, me and a good friend of mine, we started cleaning the machine, we wiped it down, you know, got it looking shiny and everything, I took my pictures, I was excited, and now, it was time to fill it up, so that's really how simple and easy it was. So I don't want you guys to think this is like a hard task to complete because it's really not. So, so we fill up the machine. Well, no, before we filled up the machine, I put a, I put a sheet. I taped the sheet to the machine, asking people what snacks and drinks they wanted. They wanted in that machine because that building uh, hosts other businesses in there. So, those are going to be my returning customers. So, I need to find out exactly what they want so I can put that in there. Because that location wasn't a general public location where a bunch of different people will be there. That was an office part. That was an office part that was going to be the same people day in and day out. So, put a list up. They told me what they wanted. And went to the store. And I got it. And I filled up the machine. That's how simple it was. And that's been doing pretty good. It's pretty solid. Um, My next steps are to get a card reader put on that machine so I can make even more money because a lot of people don't carry cash as much as they used to. A lot of people just pay with their card or they pay with their phone. So once I put a card reader up there, it'd be even better. So the good thing is about that office part is that I have uh, four more machines to put over there. see either three or four more to put in other builders. So I'm gonna eventually get that done. And that was just a fun process. I ended up getting another machine, but instead of putting it at the office part, I have found a different location to put it at, which was this barbershop um, that was a really busy barbershop. It was a barber shop that, you know, they cut um, hair, and it was also, they also have, like, uh, I guess you can call it a salon at the end. There's a lady there that does women's um, hair as well, so it kind of worked out for me. They don't have a vending machine there, but they have a lot of activity there. So, when I got my second machine, I actually purchased it from the same guy. This time around, I decided to transport it myself. So, the vending machine didn't cost as much as it did the first time. I decided to transport the machine myself just so I can see what it's like, how much it costs, and things of that nature. So, second machine was like in another city, I believe maybe 30 minutes away or so. So, I decided to get me a truck from U-Haul. I got me a, I think it was, I forgot how long the truck was, but I got it with a power lift gate on the back because I didn't want to have to deal with pulling or pushing a vending machine up a ramp. So I got one with a power lift gate on the back, which I advise you guys to do if you're going to transport machine yourself, rent you a U-Haul for a day, or uh, what are the other ones? u uh, U-Haul, uh Penske. Um, and actually, yeah, it was Penske. I didn't get a U-Haul. I got a Penske. My apologies. I got a Penske. So I got a Pensky truck where they probably get on the back. And I rent me a pallet jack from Home Depot. And I wanted to rent a small pallet jack because you need a small pallet jack to get the machines through the door. But the small pallet jack that they had, it had to stay at Home Depot for the workers to use. So they only had the normal big one for me to use. So I was thinking, dang, it's going to be tougher to get the machine out the door. But it was the only option I had for that day. But next time, I will find a smaller one to use. But just to let you guys know, the Penske truck was only, I think, $50 for that day. Because I was only going to use it for a few hours. So it wasn't even a whole day. And then the pallet jack was, I believe, $40. So that that's cheap right there. I don't remember the exact price, but it wasn't expensive at all. You know, it was under, you know, $70 for both. So I get the truck. I get the pallet jack, put the pallet jack in the truck, and I'm heading to the location. So we get to the location. Um, the guy, Gustavo, he helped me get the machine out. The machine was at an apartment complex inside the gym. So you guys know at, you know, townhomes and at apartment complexes. In the main clubhouse, you have a gym in there. Well, most people have a gym in there. This venom machine was inside of a gym. So, you know, we went in there. I checked everything. Got everything worked perfectly fine. You know, I me, this guy, we have trust now. We've been able to build, you know, that relationship. So, he helps me get it out the gym. We pull it out. Uh, open the power lift gate. Put it on the power lift gate. Lift it up. Now, the machine is in the truck. It was that simple, you know. So, I just want to remind you guys. This is something that, you know, it's not hard to do. So, it's on the truck now. But... I didn't have anything, I don't know why I didn't think about this. I didn't have anything to tie the machine to the wall, you know. So, after I left the place, me and um, my friend that went with me, we stopped at Home Depot. Got some uh, ropes or whatever you call them, I can't think of the name right now. But tied up the machine to the wall so it didn't move. Tied up the pallet jack. Then we drove straight to the barbershop. So, to get to the barbershop, uh, we took the machine in through the back. You know, um, there was a little bit of trouble because, like I said, that pallet jack was so big. So we ended up having to use a dolly instead. Uh, my friend, um, her dad was at a us, so he used his dolly. We got it in there. As soon as we got it in, we cleaned it, plugged it up, put the snacks in there. You know, that's how easy it was. And that was a fun process. That was my first time going through that. But, you know, I learned a lot. So me going through that helped me a lot to get that experience and to also eventually put my course together to show people how to do it so luckily I had a camera with me so I had my camera um, showing different important uh, spots of transporting the machine and when I put my course together I was able to you know help a lot of people I got DMs and messages from people appreciating the course I put together how I helped them and people telling me they're getting their vending machine. some people got two some people getting their first one like it's a good experience so, I put it in there, filled it up, and actually, the vending machine at the barbershop is my best spot so far. It's doing really good. There's a lot of kids that go there. So, in the barbershop location, I have more snacks tailored to kids than I do at the business location. So, at the barbershop, I have, you know, the different types of Skittles, Starbursts, things like that. I don't have those at the at the office park. I have, you know... More snacks tailored to adults, you know. So whatever location you pick, the snacks and drinks you put in there, they're gonna, you know, be kind of different depending on who's gonna be there constantly. So so I've been able to, you know, do really good with that machine. I don't even have a car read on that machine yet. So I feel like I'm in a good position. I still have four more machines to put at the office part and I still have card readers to put on all my machines. So it's only going to keep going up for me as far as, you know, my vending machine business currently. Once I put them card readers up there, I'm going to be making even more money, you know. So it's been a fun experience. I really enjoyed it, and I feel like this is something that you guys can easily do. Just simply walk into a building, whatever buildings you normally go to now, or you have family or friends that own a building or salon. Just ask them if you can put a vendor machine in there. Lucky for me, the office part is not charging me a percentage or anything. So, that that worked out in my favor. Sometimes, they might not even charge you a percentage. So, when it comes to you talking to them about putting a machine in there, don't even bring it up, you know. So, the people that own vending machines that I learned from, they said the same thing. Don't even bring up a percentage unless they ask. So, of course, if they ask, then you guys can start talking about a percentage, the barbershop that I placed my machine at, we did speak about a percentage and I told the guy that we'll do it based monthly, based on how much, you know, money I made for each month, you know. So I told him that for the first month for him allow me to put it there, I give him twenty percent. Then after that it'll be adjusted. So we simply agreed to that and that was it, you know. So just find something that'll work for you guys uh when it comes to discussing percentage. Always go as low as possible because you want to keep as much as that profit as you can because you're already having to pay for the snacks and drink that you put in the machine. Now, one other thing that I do want to mention is that if you're going to be selling actual like food, food like the snacks, like the I mean not the snacks but food like the sandwiches and stuff like that. Some of you guys may see vending machines like that that sells like cold food uh, sandwiches, um, some type of, I don't know, noodles or some type of food trays and things like that, you may have to get a vending license. I mean, a vending permit for that because someone has to come check out your machine, make sure it's sanitary. So in my example, when I put the machine at the office part, I thought I needed to get a permit, you know? So I set up an appointment for one of the Ladies in the county to come by and check it out. And when she came by and looked in the machine, it was only snacks in there. It had snacks up top, like the chips and candy bars, and it had the drips on the bottom. And then she asked me if I was selling, like, frozen food and, like, you know, like, food, food that people can eat. I told her no. Then she told me that I didn't need a permit for that. I'm thinking, oh, my bad. She said, I didn't need a permit. She said, I don't need a permit unless I'm going to be selling, like, frozen sandwiches, you know, the ice cream stuff. Uh, noodles trays and things like that i said oh i said well i was confused and she just clarified it to me so i'm thinking oh but what she decided to do was go ahead and grant me a permit anyway since my venomous scene was clean and sanitized she gave me a permit anyway so at some point in the future if i do decide to start selling that stuff i can do that you know so that kind of worked out in my favor i'm thinking oh i don't even need a permit but i mean i'm glad i got one anyway but every state and county is different, so you will have to actually, you know, check the, your local county website and speak to someone to confirm. But, guys, it is really that simple. Every time you go to the v- vending machine, you know, there's going to be money in there. You can fill it up, and you don't have to come back to like, a couple weeks later just to check up on it. Every time I went back to one of my vending machines, there's been money in there. People are buying stuff. I come back to certain roads that are empty, And that's a good thing. Okay, that means, okay, what I'm doing is working. People are buying these products. Now I got to go refill them. And it works out pretty good for me. Whenever I go purchase product, uh, some product, I put in both machines. Um, If one machine is not selling the product good enough, I'll put it in another location to see if it works there. So you have the opportunity to, you know, really grow the business and learn a lot. And like I said, it's an extra income. When my son came, he really enjoyed it. He had fun. He was able to take some money out of there. Then we went to the arcade after that. That was money that, I mean, it was money that he was able to have fun with and he saved the rest of it. And that was a fun process for me because I never felt, I never knew one day I'm going to be taking my son to see one of my vending machines. You know, this is just an extra income that I picked up on the side. It was able to execute and it's been working out in my favor. So, yeah, you guys just got to. Get out there and do it. Just simply talk to people. You can create some business cards as well. I have a business card. I have my logo on it. It says Grub Vending. It says Free Vending Installation. So I have, you know, bigger plans for um, my vending machine business. I plan on getting one of those, what do you call them? One of those car magnets that you can put on and take off your car. So... Whenever I'm not working at my main job, when I'm riding around, I can just have them on car and put more Venom machines out there, you know? And like I said, I'm in a good position right now. I still have four more machines I got to put at a location, and I got to add car readers to them. So, it's nothing but growth for me. So, after I put those four machines there and put the car readers on there, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do after that, you know? I may still continue looking for more locations, but I don't want to get too... I'm busy with that right now because my main job at the airport is my priority. You know, I'm a station manager, so I run the station for the airport. So I have to attend to that. I don't wanna end up having too many machines that, you know, I'm not able to um, kind of keep up with everything because I may have to get to the point that I have to start actually, you know, hiring people and stuff like that. So as of now, I want to be able to make sure I'm still able to manage my time and everything because I still got to. Do these podcasts for you guys. I still got to attend my son's football games. I still got to do my own videos on the side. So I got to keep it balanced. But like I said, it is definitely um, something fun that I've really been enjoying the experience. So for you guys, you know, this can pay bills. I've been able to pay certain bills with my machine money and keep my main income money untouched. You know, like it's however you want to use the extra income. I mean, you can use it for whatever you need. You know, sometimes machine money can be, I don't know, you can pick up, go buy, pick up $30 and put it in gas for a trip to wherever you're going. You know, like it, to me, it's really convenient. You know, sometimes um, you're able to use it to pay for things that you may not be able to pay for to a certain date. You can go ahead and pay for it now because you got the money for it. And the venom machine is going to keep spitting out money. People are going to keep buying snacks. People are going to keep buying drinks. And you could just... Find the low-cost drinks. Like I said, make sure you purchase drinks and snacks that are cheaper than what you're selling them for. So when I go to Costco or Sam's Club and I look at the per unit price up in the corner, I find out how much that is and then that's what I base my selling price off on. So everything I sell on my vending machine costs less than what, you know, I'm selling it for. So that's how I'm able to make a profit, you know. So it works out in my favor. This is something I think you guys took advantage of. Uh, If you have any more, you know, sometimes people have detailed questions that they can hit me up and ask me about. Uh, If you want to look at the course, uh, send my link on any of my social media pages. But, yeah, you guys just go out there and prosper. We're going to have another episode coming soon. I'm going to be more active with this. Like I said, I apologize for the wait. But I hope it was worth it. I hope you guys take it easy. And I will catch you guys next time. You guys stay safe. Take care.